Welcome to the Faith Lakeside Podcast. Each week you'll hear another great message that will help you know God and make Him known in your life. Join us each Sunday at 1045 a.m. and throughout the week in small groups to make the most of your learning experiences. Now, sit back, relax with a great cup of coffee and a notebook and enjoy this week's message. So here we are in the third Sunday, third week of 2023. Uh, Anybody else struggling with the fact that it's 2023? Uh, If you're old enough, you may remember the world was supposed to end in 1984. Uh, Jesus was supposed to come back in 1988. And then again in 1989, uh, the world was going to end and all the computers were going to crash in 2000. Uh, 2012, when the Mayan calendar ended, that was supposed to be the end of everything. Uh, there was that one guy who said that Jesus was going to come back sometime in the 2000-somethings, and he, then he changed it, and then he changed it again, and he changed it again. And guess what? Jesus still has not returned yet, but he will. So we get to 2023, the third Sunday of, of 2023, and some of us are just amazed we're still alive, that the bacon hasn't taken us, that Jesus hasn't come back yet, or that the world has not come to an end. And so it's important we're here, we're alive, that we get on mission and we be living our lives as God has established for us to live. And so here we are, a third Sunday, just to remind us what our mission is as a church. As a church family, as a congregation, gathering together every Sunday and then throughout the week, our mission is to know God and make Him known. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means to not just cognitively know God and help people to know facts about God, but rather, in the biblical sense, to know God, to be in relationship with God, and to invite others into relationship with God through the gospel of His Son, Christ Jesus. And that gospel, plain and simple, is that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God by our own sinful choices. But God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, God incarnate. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He taught for three years about the the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven and shared his good news. And then he died on the cross as the sacrifice for our sins. He absorbed the wrath of God, the judgment of God that rightly belonged to us when he died on that cross. But he didn't stay dead because three days later, after having been buried, he rose again. He showed himself to all of his disciples. They got excited and began to to preach and stuff. He rose, uh, ascended to heaven in uh, in 40 days, and then the Holy Spirit came. And the, the whole story is literally history now. And everyone who believes on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who makes an individual choice to profess faith in him as their king and the one who died for their sins will be saved. And that's our goal, is to know that truth, to live that truth, and then to go out and proclaim it to the world around us. And we, as your church leaders, we want to live that truth out, knowing that our job is to make disciples, just like Jesus commanded in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And what is a disciple? Well, a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and there is no, like, ranking in Christianity. Like, you're a Christian, and then you get a little bit more spiritual, and you're a disciple. And then a little bit more spiritual, you're a saint. And then a little bit more spiritual, and maybe you can be a missionary. 
But instead, we understand what Scripture tells us is that every disciple is a Christian and everyone who proclaims the name of Jesus Christ is a disciple. You are a follower of Jesus. You are a student of Jesus Christ, one who's turned your life over to to chase after him. And Scripture also tells us that you're a saint. You are set apart. Now, that doesn't mean you need to put on your business card, saint whomever. Uh, That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about spiritually, you are set apart unto God. And that's what saint means. We are disciples. We are Christians. We are saints. And so we should be living in light of what God has declared of us. Now, Jesus in Luke 9, 23 says to everyone, if you want to follow after me, if you want to be my disciple, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow after me. And and we have seen in this verse a, a journey, a path by which you can grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. You want to be his disciple, you want to follow after him, you have to begin to deny yourself, to change how you see the world, to get rid of your own preconceptions and your notions, and to take what God's word says as truth and believe it. To take up your cross daily, to begin to sacrifice yourself in order to belong to others. And we think the others you should be belonging to is a local church, a local body of believers. And then to follow after Jesus, to live a lifestyle of reaching out to others and making more disciples. And so we call this the the faith journey, believe, belong, reach, multiply. And we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks that that we start with believing. And if you go out into the foyer right now, I'm not saying do that now, but if you were to go out there right now, you see... That out in the foyer, there's believe, belong, reach, multiply. There's signs on there. There's some bookcases hanging on the wall. And then underneath the bookcases, there's some descriptions. And the goal is, is that you as a Christian, you want to grow in your faith. You want to become more Christ-like. You want to be the disciple you were saved to be. That you begin this faith journey. That you rely on God and his truth in order to reorient your life. You begin to worship and pray. You begin to believe rightly. And, and there's these, these steps that you can take. We've got a great book on there to help you under, out there to help you understand the gospel, a great book to help you understand doctrine, and encourage you to attend church regularly, to begin to pray, to read your Bible, to, to practice giving as an act of worship. And then we move past believing to a place where we belong. Once we know God as Savior, we understand He's called not just us as individuals, but us as a people to be together. And so we want to belong to the body of believers to, to give of ourselves for the sake of others. And there's these, these great resources and tools out there to, to help you come to a place where you're ready to be a, a church member, to follow after Jesus in believers' baptism, and really begin to invest yourself in others to build relationships. Last week we talked about all the one another's in Scripture, that there are, there are about 60 commands in the New Testament given to the church about we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to serve one another. We're supposed to greet one another with a holy kiss, right? Something we don't do nowadays, but, but we should be so comfortable and in love with one another that if somebody were to smack one on our cheek appropriately, maybe we wouldn't be freaked out. And Nicolette's like, no, no, that ain't ever happening. Jesus would have to like tell me face to face. But you, you get what we're saying. We're supposed to be so belonging to one another that we're comfortable. And then that brings us to the next one, to follow after Jesus, to begin to connect with others in service. Now, why would we do that? Matthew chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says this about himself. 
And when he says things about himself, he becomes the example for what we should want to be as we follow after him. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, I got to tell you, if there is anyone who deserves to be able to walk into a room and have everyone fall down at his feet and worship and serve him and do what he says, it's Jesus. If there is anyone it's ever lived that deserves that, it's Jesus. But Jesus himself says, I didn't come so that when I walked into a room, everybody would bow down and worship me. I came to serve everyone else. I came to give my life for the payment for sin for all who would believe. Now, you and I, we cannot give our life as a payment for sin. But what we can is we can give ourselves as a celebration for the payments that's been made for us. We can serve others in the same way that Jesus came to serve And so we as Christians, if we're really following after Jesus, if we're really saying he is our example, he is our master, he is the one we want to be like, we should be serving one another and the world around us. There is no if, and, or but here. We we should be reaching out to others. And and first, the, the safest place to learn how to reach out is with people who sort of like you. And so we should be reaching into the church, reaching into the church body and loving one another and serving one another. And we should be reaching out to the world. Now, there's this beautiful picture of the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles or your Bible app, should be, uh, it should be in that Bible app as well. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And And what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when we talk about reaching into the the church and reaching into service to one another first and as our first step of reaching, that we, we see this description of the church as a body. And, and Paul begins to tell the Corinthian church and, and the Holy Spirit speaks through him and says that everyone... In, in verse 7, everyone has been given a gift of the Spirit, a way that God will work through them. He doesn't say that some people, like just the pastors and the elders and the Sunday school teachers, he says every believer has been given a gift of the Holy Spirit that God wants to work through you using. Every believer And he begins to describe them, the message of wisdom, the uh, message of knowledge, uh, faith, gifts of healing and miracles and prophecy and distinguishing spirits and tongues and interpretation of tongues. And he says that there's one spirit that gives all of these gifts. And he actually lists other gifts uh, later on in the chapter, like, uh, well, we've got miracles and and helps and leading. And and, and so we've got all kinds of great gifts in the church. Other places, gifts that are listed are like administration. Some of you you us nerds were just like, yes, administration. I like that. Uh, You know, hospitality and and, and welcoming people into your home and cooking great meals. and, and, And there's just all kinds of gifts, encouragement that God has given every believer has at least one gift. Every believer. And, and we're supposed to use these gifts to build up 
one another. Now, verses 11 and 12 gives us this first picture. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as He wills. So, Scripture tells us that every person has received a gift, and the gift that you've received has been given to you because that's what God chose for you by the power of His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has given you a gift and He chose it just for you because that's what He wanted to give you. Now some of us go, yeah, I don't, I don't like that gift. Doesn't matter. You've got it. It's the one that was given for you. And then He begins to describe how we're supposed to work together with these gifts. For just as the body is one and has many parts... And all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. So he says, we, the Christian family, those who are of Christ, we are like a body. And, and though we are unique and distinct and have many different parts and many different features, every one of us is part of the body and belongs to the body. Now, if we, we skip ahead a little bit to um, uh, verses 18 through 20, he says this, But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. And so we see that, that when we're talking about all of Christendom, that God has distributed gifts throughout Christendom, but when we're talking about a local fellowship, we too are the body of Christ. We represent Christ. And he has, if you are a believer and he has placed you in this church, you say, this is my church home. He has given you a gift and you are supposed to be participating in the body according to your gift. And, and so we're all different. Nobody has the same gift exactly. Nobody's going to look just like another. You're not expected to all be little Michaels. And that would be terrible anyway. We, we've already got one of those in the church, and that's my son. And two, little, two Michaels it, that are the same, is just it's, it's hard. And so we certainly don't need a church full of me. In fact, every one of you, what, what the gift you have and who you are is a gift from God. It is, it is God's plan. And he's brought us together, not so you can look like me, but that together we can be unique and yet unified and together grow into looking more like Jesus. And so we are one body. And, and, and then he says this, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. You are Christ's body together and as individuals, you are members of that body. God puts us all in local fellowships to use each and every believer. Now, when we look at our body, we, we maybe begin to, to say, uh, well, I don't know what that part's for or why that part is important. Or, you, you know, but, but look at your body. Look at the beauty of it, the miracle of it. And even the things that you think are unimportant play critical roles in how your body functions. We may not always understand the role. We may not always understand exactly what it's doing. Like the appendix. Anybody really know what it's for? I mean, infection maybe or something. But we can take it out and it's, we're okay. Uh, but, but the thing is, is the body changes. Uh, I love this illustration. Um, there, there's, it's rumored that Alexander the Great, a great, great Greek um, uh, conqueror, that he would capture people. 
And instead of keeping them in captivity, in, in the sense of like they would be in the camp or they were a prisoner of war, instead of keeping them in chains, he would just cut off their big toes. And, and, and you, you might go, well, what does that matter? I mean, that's just two extra thumbs, right? Um, but, but he cut off a big toe. Do you know what you can no longer do? You, you can not run. You can, you can stumble. You can make through. Your balance suffers. But there is no running if you don't have a big toe. You are unable to run away. So as a captive, if I cut off your toe, I don't have to keep you in chains. You know why? I can run you down. Because you're going to be like... Right? But I'm going to be able to chase that. So you might say, so what's the importance of a big toe? You can't run without a big toe. What's the importance of those little hairs that grow out of your ears? I don't know, but, but they must be important because I got lots of them. Right? I mean, but look, but, but you understand the body. Every part of your body. You get a little splinter in your finger or in your hand. What happens? If you're a man, you, you're almost dead. Right? I mean, and that's, that's not true. Ladies, we're tougher than we act. We're tougher than we act. We just like some affection every once in a while. Treat us like a baby every once in a while, not all the time. But, but you, you see, you, you get the picture. You get a little bit of a cold. What happens? <sighs> when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. When, when, when one part is not doing its job, the whole body suffers. Look, we can, we can look at our body and we can look at the major parts of it and we can, first of all, we can name them and we know them and second of all, we know what they do. Now, I, I don't want, to, I don't want to, anybody to feel condemned, but I want you to look at yourself as a body part. Do people know your name and do they know what you do? Or do they just wonder, who is that? And, and why are they even here? Now, those of you who are visiting with us, thank you, we welcome you. Hopefully, if God calls you here, you can find your place in this body. Those of you who've been coming for years and do nothing and nobody knows your name, stop it. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is an individual member of the body and we should know your name and know what you do. Stop hiding in the shadows. Stop hiding in the background and give yourself to others because that's what Jesus calls us to. Now, does that mean everybody should preach? No, some of you be terrible at it. But it also doesn't mean everybody needs to balance the books or teach Sunday school or lead worship. But every one of you has a gifting and a place in this church. And if nobody knows who you are and nobody knows what you're doing and you don't even know what you're doing, get to belonging and get to reaching into the body and giving of yourself to others. This is how we grow as believers, how do you reach into the body? How do you reach into the church? Meet a need that you see. If you see a need, begin to do something that meets that need. I, I love um, what uh, robots. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, so big weld. See a need, fill a need. If and some of you are like, what are you even talking about? Sorry, had kids, watched all the cartoon movies with them because I like that kind of stuff. And and but th- there's this character that just his mantra is, if you see a need. You fill the need. And that's how you're successful. Do you want to be a successful believer? You see a need in the church, fill the need. I don't like that. Tough. If you saw it, it's probably because God wants you to do it. Second of all, find something that fits your passion and your personality. Now, some of you, you're too weird. We got to find something that's normal for you. 
That's me. But, but, but honestly, if you're excited by it, do it. Lead it. Serve in that way. And then for some of you, there's a clear call on your life and you're denying it and you're saying, I don't want to, that's too hard. No, stop it. We need you. We need you to do what you were gifted to do because if you're not doing it, we're all suffering. Our body is broken if every member of the body is not doing what they're gifted to do. And if this is uncomfortable, good. It should be uncomfortable for some of us sometimes to remember we were not called to just come and consume. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Too many of us, we come to church for what? To be served. That's not what we were saved for. We were saved to reach into the church, to meet the needs of the body by the gifts that we've been given. So what are, what are areas where you could serve tomorrow and we would have like no qualms? Teaching. We always need Sunday school teachers, especially for children. You do have to be able to pass a background check. Now that, that doesn't mean if you can't pass a background check, you can't teach anywhere. It just means you can't teach children. But teaching. Nursery. Background check again. Hospitality. You can cook or clean anytime you want. If that's what you're good at, if that's what you enjoy, if that's what bothers you, do you walk into the room and notice all the dirt? You're called to clean, right? Uh, that's, that's, that's what you're shaped for. Worship and, and technology, we, we, we need singers, we, we need instrumentalists over time to, to step in. Do you know some of our folks have been on this platform every Sunday since Jesus started the church? Right? And, and to His glory... And we are so proud of them giving. But it's always nice to get a Sunday off and just sit and be part of the body instead of serving the body in the way that they do. So we we need help with worship, with tech. Uh, We we, we got soundboard and computers all over the place that you can help with if you're interested. To to greet people. To just say, stand at the door and say hello to everybody who walks in. There's always an opportunity to serve there. Stewardship, in other words, helping care for the building. If you walk in the room and notice all the lights that are burned out, you were called to care for the building. And then just to encourage, encourage one another. Hey, I I see you've been here every Sunday for the last month. I'm so glad you're part of the body. Just to encourage and build each other up. These These are places where right now you could stand up and begin to serve the church. Right now you could begin to use what you're gifted in to reach into the church and fulfill who you're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. The next step is the scarier one for many of us. And that's to get out of the confines of the church and to start reaching out to the world around us. Here's here's what Jesus tells the disciples. This is just before he ascends into heaven. He's talking to them and he says to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, when we reach in, it's to a place where we're going to be loved and accepted because it's the body of Christ, and we'll find it's easy to serve when we really invest ourselves into the church. But when we start reaching out, it gets scarier. Now, sometimes it's because we have a mindset that we have to reach all the way out right away. 
and be like a missionary to Djibouti. And there, you don't have to do that. That's not what you're called. You're called to start with Jerusalem. Now, what was Jerusalem? Jerusalem was next door. My city, where I'm comfortable, where I belong. In Judea, my state, my people, where we, we, we like pierogies and we say yins. This is, this is, right? This is my, my Judea. Now, Samaria, ooh, that might be like Philadelphia, uh, you know, to, to go someplace where they're like us, but not the same. We're not like that. I mean, yeah, we're from Pennsylvania, but we're not like that. And then ultimately, over time, into new places where you never imagined you could go. And what is the job of a Christian? It isn't go out and change the world immediately, but to go out and be witnesses. What do witnesses do? Well, if you're, you're called to witness, you sit on the stand and you just tell the truth. Do, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God? And that's all God's asking you to do. Go out, start close and spread out over time and just tell the truth. What truth are we supposed to tell? The truth about Jesus and what he's done in our lives. And so when we talk about reaching out, too often we, we, we think that reaching out means an outreach event. And, and I, I've been working so hard. It's been almost six years. Well, it, it'll be six years in June that, that Shelly and I and the kids have been here. And from day one, my, my, my goal has been to teach you as believers that missions and, and reaching out should never wait for an outreach event. Because outreach events are just ways that we spend money and make ourselves feel good oftentimes. But reaching out, being witnesses, is something that should happen every day in our lives, all the time. How does it begin? Well, it, it begins with, with simply doing things like, oh, I don't know, living out your faith. Being the kind of person that when people see you, they go, there's something different about that person. There's something different. They, 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 I bet they're a Christian. Anybody ever had that happen? Where you go someplace new, people slowly get to know you, and then they walk up to you one day and they go, are you a Christian? And you're like, well, yes, I am. That's nice of you to notice. Uh, do you know why I'm a Christian? You know, and, and then you get an opportunity to talk to them. And it just, it's not because you were going in there and you, you like had your big thick Bible and you started swatting people from day one and you're beating them down, right? No, you didn't do that, but you walked in and you consistently lived out your faith. And they saw something in you. And they said, I might like to know more about that. That, that outreach, reaching out to the world, starts with just living a consistent Christ-like life. Being kind to cashiers. Tipping well, especially at Sunday lunch. Maybe even, if you're bold enough, going so far as to ask a waiter or a waitress, is there anything we can pray for you about as we pray to bless our food? It's not something I do often. It's only happened to us a few times. But when God leads, to do it. To be bold enough. Now, it can then expand once you're living a consistent Christian life in the world around you and, and witnessing by your living, then you begin to serve others. Then you begin to, to boldly proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, to tell them the good news about sin and his life, death and resurrection that saves us from sin. 
And, and then we could go into even just meeting basic needs, caring for widows and orphans. These are the things we can do, but they're all rooted in us living out our faith in the first place. Now, we, we got a, uh, the, 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 the reach step in the back. We got some stuff that, that you can do to determine uh, the, to be a Christian that is reaching others for Jesus. Like, that's a determination you need to make. I'm not just going to be a Christian who's in this for me, but that I'm going to begin to serve others for the sake of Jesus Christ. To overcome your doubts and fears. A couple of great books back there. One is I Will, to just make the choice to serve. The other is just do something. So many of us, we are waiting for God to tell us the perfect thing that we're supposed to do. We're like Cousin Eddie. We're waiting for management. And, and, and it, it is such a sad thing to watch Christians sit there and go, uh, well, I'm waiting for God to tell me the big thing, but until then I'll do nothing. And this book, Just Do th- Something, it tells you, don't wait for God's perfect will. Just start doing something and get off your butt and serve. Sorry, butt was a little coarse. Get off of your comfortable backside and serve and do. Serve your church family. Uh, you you want to know there's a book out there, How Can I Serve My Church? Challenges you to start looking for ways to serve, to volunteer wherever you can, especially those places where you see a need you can fill, where you have a passion that you can express or that you know that you're specifically called to. And then serve the world around you by living a Christ-like life, sharing the gospel, living for the sake of others, and serving and reaching out. And the whole goal of this process is that we become ourselves faithful followers of Jesus Christ, strong disciples who know God, and now we make him known and we multiply ourselves. That we, supposed to be, be being one believer, then become two, three, four, as we share the good news of Jesus by reaching out to the world, and we multiply who we are, and then we begin to lead others through this journey. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus says, Make disciples of all nations. It is a work, it is a process, and we have to make a choice to multiply ourselves. But it's what we're supposed to be doing, to make more disciples. We're supposed to be disciples who make disciples. Jesus says early in his ministry to the, the apostles, he says, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. In other words, I will give you all that you need to go out and fish for people and make, bring them in and make disciples of them. And so we want to know what you want you to know. We want to equip you. We want to give you everything you need, first of all, to be a faithful follower of Christ in your own everyday life, but then to go out and lead someone else to Jesus. We've got tools. We've got, got means to do it, to, to share the gospel with them. It, hopefully, everybody who's been here for a while remembers the four diamonds a great tool for sharing the gospel. We've got books on what the gospel is so you can be confident when you go out and you actually begin to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We've got a discipleship process. There's a great book out there, a green book, that you go through with your others and just grow as a disciple and get a real focus on growing as a disciple to be familiar with the believe, belong, reach, multiply and where you are on the timeline and where somebody else is so you can help them to grow. And, and then encourage and guide a new believer through this process so that they can become a fully devoted, multiplying follower of Jesus Christ. 
So as, as we believe, when we're multiplying, we share the good news so they might believe. We invite them into the church family so they might belong. And we serve alongside each other so we learn how to reach. And this is not supposed to be something that we just go through once ourselves, but that we go through this cycle over and over and over again. We believed, we belong, we reached out, now we're multiplying, and we take the next generation of believers through believing, belonging, reaching, so that they might multiply, so that they can take the next generation through believing, belonging, and reaching, so that they might multiply, and the church grows, and God is glorified, and souls are saved from the pit of hell. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so today, as, as we wrap up and, and we remember these, these two components, reach and multiply, of the faith journey, I've challenged you with a lot of stuff. And what I want you to do is I want you to look at where you're at on this faith journey and I want you to peg it down. I want you to say, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to grow in Christ like this. I'm going to be the disciple I was called to be. Now, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, understand this is a process where you got to get in at the believe point. (laughs) You get in by understanding who Jesus is and why you need to follow after him. But everybody else, you're already in this cycle. Keep growing. Invite others in Be a disciple that makes a disciple. Help us to complete our mission of knowing God and making him known. Otherwise, what our church will be is a bunch of nice people who get together, talk about the Bible, and then go home. That's not what we were called to be. It's not what Jesus saved us for. Jesus saved us that we might know him and make him known. That we might go through the process of believing belonging to him and to one another, reaching into the church and giving of ourselves, reaching out from the church and sharing the good news of Jesus with the world so that we might see new believers born and entering into the process of becoming fully mature disciples that would know God and make him known. And so this morning as as we wrap up, the worship team invite you guys to go ahead and make your way forward as you will. All I ask of you if you're a regular attender, is to look at the, 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 what we've talked about and decide where you're at and where you should be. Some of you need to get up and serve. Some of you need to dig in and learn your faith better. Some of you need to be bold and, and be reaching out. Others of us, maybe today's the day where we believe and begin the process for the very first time. And so I, I want to encourage you to measure where you're at And if you need to talk to somebody, I'm available for that. If you need counsel on where do you stand with Christ, I'm here for that. We've got Steve, uh, Dawn. We've got great elders. We've got great Sunday school teachers. We've got great ministry leaders who can help you understand where you're at with Christ and and help you find your place in this this pathway to growth, this journey to Christ-likeness, this faith journey. We've got great folks who can serve you in that way. And so I want to encourage you to get with somebody, to talk, to learn, to seek to grow. Because we were not saved from from sin and death simply to sit in our rear ends and say nice things and be good people. But we were saved that we might be an intimate family and body of Christ, reaching out to the world around us to invite others in that they might be saved and come to know him as Lord and Savior, knowing him and making him known. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today.
Uh, we thank you for your word and, and how you have made it so clear to us in, in what you've given us in scripture, what the expectations are for believers. We understand that our salvation is by faith through grace. None of it, none of it, by grace through faith, none of it is of ourselves, that all of it is a gift from you. We also understand that once the gift is received, a response is requested. And that we can be saved and never mature, but every saved person should want to mature and honor you and glorify you and do as you've asked. And so today we, we ask that um, you would help us to see where we're at on this faith journey. You would help us to be honest with who we are and, and how we're serving and doing and, and giving our life to you. And then to resolve to make choices to invest and serve and share as you've called us to. Personally, Father, I am so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for every individual you've placed here. I know that every one of us has a gift, and I long for the day that every one of us is using it. May you begin that work in us today. And that every one of us, as time progresses, will have the opportunity to lead someone else into relationship with you through your son Jesus because there is no greater joy than to watch the birth of a new believer right in front of your eyes may it be so for all of us that we can see such joy continue to empower us equip us, encourage us discipline us so that we will know you well and make you known to the world around us it's in the name of Jesus we pray this morning Let's stand and close with our last song.
so be it. It is a an explicit surrender to the will of God. God, may it be in my life as you have said. And he's called us, when you're a believer, when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's called you to be a disciple. He's called you to move beyond just a consumer, sit on your backside kind of Christianity into one of growing, believing, belonging, reaching and multiplying yourself into new believers as you share the good news of Jesus. And so that is our challenge today. When we say amen, may it be as you've said, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. I hope that's a genuine prayer for you to submit yourself to his will and grow in Christ-likeness, being people who know God and make him known. We're gonna pray here in just a moment. Encourage everybody who would like to join us downstairs for lunch and then the business meeting. Remember that it's a lighter lunch. So those of you who have wrecking crew kind of uh, appetites, go light your first time through. And then there'll be probably be plenty of leftovers. But we just want to make sure we're looking good before we get wiped out. And, uh, and then in about half an hour or so, we'll begin our business meeting and call it to order. And it shouldn't take very long. As long as everybody who has questions speaks with either Frank or Steve before the vote begins so that you can be ready to either vote yes or no regarding the things that we're proposing this year. God bless you all. Have a great week. See many of you downstairs and the rest of you as the Lord leads and we get a chance. So God bless you guys.